This is a podcast from Rover. Sometimes otherwise known as the Travel Diaries of World Farmers Organisation, Vice President Katie Milne. Uh, welcome, Katie. Uh, you got the foot to the flat to the floor in the Maserati, eh? You're heading across the Canterbury Plains or such like. Yeah, I'm on the outskirts of Christchurch, just having got off the plane, and um, yeah, going to head my merry way home. You've been what? You've I been. Tell you what? She's... Yeah. Yep. You've been in India, have I've you? Been or... in... I have been in India, and um, the traffic here is quite remarkably um, different, putting it that way. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I haven't had any cows run out in front of me yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. The. The. Um, you hear of tales of uh, you know traffic places like uh, I hear Mexico City's an absolute doozy, but India as well. And um, yeah, sort of rules are something that um, barely exist. It's just you just kind of you know you get from A to B and you do it however you can. Yeah, look, it's quite incredible. You've got people with horse and carts uh, right through all the little rickshaw um, jobs, cars, trucks, you you name it. People walking down the middle of the road. Everyone goes in any direction they choose, but it all seems to work. You just toot, let people know you're there. Um, it's as hectic and as chaotic as, but I actually, I saw lots of cars with things, but I never saw an accident. And um, yeah, there's also, in the middle of the mix, there's, if it's, if it's early in the morning, there's horses and cows and things oh. like that asleep on one lane, you know, so we're standing up <laughs> and, and, the, and in the verges there's big bulls and that just sitting there chewing their cards it's, Absolutely yeah. an amazing place to visit, I must yeah. say. So you were there for the World Dairy Summit. What was on the, the table in terms of the, the big issues? Yeah, well, they were really going through, like they do, they have technical sessions and then social sessions, um, putting everything on the table, as you say. Um, but really about sustainable dairy going forward is, is the big key and what that looks like. Um, so there's a lot of work going into that. But, of course, being in India, they sort of, Stole the show a bit, if you like, um, made it a real showcase for them and how dairy is for them. Um, they did have the um, summit there back in 1974, and at that stage they were 6% of world dairy production, and now they're 23% of wow. world wow. dairy production. Yeah. So huge growth. But look, context that, it's on the back of a lot more cows um, because the average is about two litres a cow a day, and most people have two to three, maybe four cows. But they are starting to, um, you know, grow that. They they want to hang on to that as well for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. I guess it employs a lot of people and keeps a livelihood for, for those in, in the old rural areas there. But there are a lot of um, farms that are 300 and 400 cows as well. But they're still only um, low producing. Uh, although there's a few Kiwis over there who are managing to squeeze a hell of a lot more out of them. So... The way we farm, understanding fodder, understanding nutrition a bit better. Obviously, a place like India um, has a lot of room to grow without chucking more cows at it because that was a bit of one of the issues that I know that the Kiwis were all looking at and going, well, hang on a minute, it's their production. Oh, and of course, they want to double production in the next 20-odd years. Mm. Um, If they're going to double it by not going up in milk, by not being more efficient, but double it by um, more cows, um, we sort of look at ourselves and go, and hang on, we're talking about cutting cow numbers here, the most efficient mm, yeah. cows in the world. So it had us all frowning, sort of eyes, eyebrows up, wondering how does this all fit when you talk about sustainable dairy? But mm, yeah, good the point. complexity, 
shows you the complexity of food production and livelihoods for people, and it's not easy. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. You look at the smaller, um, you know... <laughs> farming countries, New Zealand, you look at what's happening in the Netherlands at the moment as well. And then you look at the big players, you've got, you know, obviously, you know, in terms of population, China, India, uh, the United States and things like that. And you go, well, yeah, why are we going down one particular road? Um, Not passing judgment on it either way, but we're doing it, going about it a certain way. But really, if there's to be a, a, a difference on a global level, then it's really those high population density places, the likes of India that you're talking about that, you know, if if they're going and pulling in an opposite direction, well, who's going to win the tug of war, you know? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it it does speak to the fact that being more efficient is the key. Whoever you are in in your production, like we already are in New Zealand, and we keep trying to be more and more efficient. And if they can do that, then they, they will be able to produce a whole lot more milk with not a lot more methane. And that's the key to it. And that's the thing that we seem to have missed here in New Zealand. Well, we haven't as far as we understand it fully. Mm. But it feels like our officials and, and the policy has missed the fact that we are incredibly efficient at what we do. Yes, we have a high um, profile for greenhouse gas emissions because of agriculture. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It's actually okay to have that if you're super efficient at what you're doing. And that's the piece that we just haven't grasped at a higher level here um, so that we can keep being more efficient and keep innovating and driving for sustainability you know, and, and, and less greenhouse gases without cutting cow numbers in production. That's not the way to achieve it because it just means places like India and other people will fill any of those gaps, as we keep saying, you'll have emissions leakage, and it's actually true. There will be food that will get grown elsewhere that won't be done as efficiently and nobody wins because the climate doesn't know boundaries. Mm. Yeah. There Good you point. go. Some very sage advice. And, Katie, where, where's next? So you, you, you're back across to Brunner for a while. What's the next uh, uh, destination? Yeah, well, actually, I will be um, at this stage heading off to the COP, um, the climate change talks um, in November in Egypt. So oh, my goodness. All the travel I've done lately, boys, it's been that bloody hot everywhere I've been. It's not funny, so I'm not, <laughs> yeah. not uh, changing that trend anyway. Yeah, I, get, I was going to suggest that I could sort of come as media reps, travel companion slash baggage boy, but if it's hot, I'm, I'm putting Dom up for the George. Uh, for I'd, the go to, I'd go Katie. to Egypt any yeah. day of the week. Yeah. 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 Tell you what, if I had a dollar for everyone who's offered to carry my bags, yeah, You'd be yeah. able to buy another Maserati, yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Righty, hope very good. There we go. Uh, that is, of course, uh, well, uh, West Coast Brunner Farmer there, Katie Milne, of course, also happens to be the Vice President uh, of the World Farmers Organisation and uh, some interesting feedback there from the World Dairy Summit in India. Next up, it's AFCO Weather with Mr R Green.